Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Why don't we lift our hands and love the Lord Jesus. Come on, all over this building, would you magnify the Lord? Let us exalt His name together. We're so very grateful for who you are, oh God. We thank you for your blood. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Hallelujah. Somebody say praise the Lord. Amen, amen, amen. The book of 1 Peter chapter 3, reading with verse 20. 1 Peter chapter 3, reading with verse 20. Amen. So glad for each and every one of you. We want to be in prayer for our Bible quizzers. My wife and the Bible quiz team is has headed to Florida. We're going to pray that they'll have safe travels. I know they're on a plane right now, actually. And uh, as well, we want to pray for Sister Krista. She uh, uh, became ill today and passed out. We want to pray at work. We want to pray that God's going to touch her. Amen. Would you would you help me pray for these? God, we pray for our quizzers that you would your hand would be upon them as they travel, Lord. Pray, God, let them do well and do their best. We pray as well that, God, that you would touch Jillian at home tonight. You would be with her, oh God. Bless her and strengthen her. I pray that, God, that you would touch Sister Krista. Healing would come to her body and strength, Lord. You know exactly what she needs. We pray a blessing over her. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. What a great song selection tonight. Glory to his name. So thankful for his blood. Praise God. It says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, it reads, Which sometime were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls. Everybody say, eight souls were saved by water. Would you say that with me? Eight souls were saved by water. Verse 21, the light figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'd like to talk about this. It says um, about how the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah and that the ark was preparing. I'd like to just teach you about Noah's ark tonight and paralleling it to our plan of salvation. Everybody say Noah's Ark. Amen. God bless you as as you are seated. Amen. We see parallels from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We see verses like as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be. We also see verses that say as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. There are Old Testament parallels that show us the way for us in the New Testament. I believe baptism can be showed in different ways, different places. I believe when they were in Egypt and the Lamb of God was slain. How many know the Lamb was slain in Egypt? And uh, when they came out of Egypt, they went through a Red Sea. And when they came to the Red Sea, they got to the other side and And the waters came back, and when they did, it washed away Pharaoh and his army. 
I believe that was typology of the washing away of our past, the beginning of a new. And uh, the Bible says they were baptized both in the cloud and the sea. When they came through the Red Sea, God was about to remove their past in that second baptism, which would have been the baptism of the cloud, which brought the manna every day, which is a typology of his spirit. Can you say amen? And uh, when you begin to see these typologies and parallels, we begin to understand our experience in the Lord. The one that is mentioned here, it says, which sometime were disobedient, when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. There's a verse in Hebrews that I, I want you to turn and read with me. If you turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, reading with verse 7. I'll give you time to turn into the, into the word tonight. Hebrews 11 and verse 7. Are you ready? It says, by faith Noah, being warned of God, of things not seen as yet, moved with what? Fear. He prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. When you begin to study Noah in Noah's day, the Bible says that man's thoughts imaginations were continually evil against the Lord. How I many know they ate, they drank, they were merry, but their mind was not toward God. Their heart was not toward God. And in Genesis 6, you'll find that when God saw the condition of humanity, his creation, he said to himself, he repented that he had even made man. God was angry with the condition of those that were made in his image. He was angry when he saw the way they did and how they handled marriage and how they handled life. They lived life not considering him. They, they had excluded God from the equation. They had removed God from any factor in their life, only doing what they wanted to do. And because of this, it led to sin and perversion and confusion and to chaos. So much so when God looked out of heaven, he said, I wish I had not made man. He repented of it. But the Bible says there was one man. Everybody say one man. One man by the name of Noah that in the midst of all of the perversion and the chaos and the confusion, he looks up and he said, Lord, he said, I'll walk with you. He said, God, I'll do what you want me to do. Lord, I will live the life that you want me to live. I won't be like everybody else. And when God looked out of heaven and saw Noah, the Bible says that Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Out of everybody in the world, there was one man that chose to do right. Can I say there is the power of a choice? It doesn't matter what everybody else is doing. It doesn't matter what the family is doing. It doesn't matter who's walked away from God or who is not living for God. You've got to make up in your mind, I am going to please the Lord. If nobody else wants to please the Lord, I'm going to please the Lord. Praise God. Thank God for the two and three that gathered together on a Wednesday night. Because I say to you, it doesn't even take two or three. 
You just give me one Noah and you'll find grace. Give me one Noah, you're going to find mercy. Give me one Noah, you're going to find a plan. Give me one Noah and somebody's going to get heaven's attention. I'm so glad that there's not just one of us here tonight, but there's many in this building on a Wednesday night that you're saying, I want to please the Lord. Somebody shout, I want to please God. And when you go to work and everybody else is is talking their banter and their anti-God conversations, their jokes, their shows, the way they do things, you know what? You can feel outnumbered. You can feel not a part. But can I say to you, it doesn't matter what they're doing. You've got to make up in your mind, I am going to be what God wants me to be. I want to walk with God. Is there anybody here that says, I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to talk with him. I'm going to be by him. Amen. Praise God. Righteousness is a decision. Righteousness is a choice. Even like tonight, you can be in different places, but you have chosen to be in the house of the Lord. And I would say to each and every one of you, that pleases God. It pleases God to be in his house. It pleases God to gather together. In Hebrews 10, 25, it tells us, it says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. This coming weekend, you got a choice. Wednesday nights, we have a choice. Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. It says, as the manner of some is, or the customs of some are, but do more so as you see the hour approaching. We need to be in the house of God together. Can you say amen? Even on Wednesdays. And you made that choice. And others will be here this weekend and we're very, very thankful. When you begin to see this is that God told Noah, I have seen the wickedness of humanity. Because of this, I am going to bring judgment. I'm going to bring a flood and I'm going to flood the earth. They tell me that the earth had never seen rain up to this point. Never seen rain. It makes me wonder if they'd ever seen a cloud. They'd never seen rain. They'd never seen thunderstorms. The atmosphere of the earth, the creationists that have studied these time periods would tell you that, that the atmosphere, pressure before the flood was different than it is now. That's why people would live to be almost 1,000 years old, 900 plus years old. They don't live that long now. And you begin to look back. People would heal. They, they say the atmospheric pressure that they have studied through, through um, fossils of sap, they could study the air content that was secured and, and uh, petrified. Inside of there, they studied the oxygen content inside of the air that was sealed in that day and time. And that the oxygen content was different than it is now. So much so, it's like a hyperbaric chamber. How many's ever heard of a hyperbaric chamber? They'll put football players in them, and when they get hurt, it's a, it's a, it's a unique uh, um, uh, atmosphere. And when people get in that, they heal much faster. Uh, reptiles grow much faster in that atmosphere. And so back in that day, it was a different atmosphere. It was a more perfect atmosphere. But the thing that was imperfect is people didn't consider God. They didn't think about the Lord. They tell me in that day, you'd cut your hand, you could almost see it heal before your eyes. Unlike now, that might take days. The recovery rate, at least in the 40s, is not what it used to be in my teens. And I get a witness from some elders in the building. And they tell me every decade it gets worse. <laughs> and so I say to you today, it was different pre-flood. But one man 
out of the whole world. He looks at his wife. He looks at their three sons. Says, we're not going to be like everybody else. And I think that, that, that we've got to make a choice in the hour that we live in because he compared it as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. The evil on the earth is going to be the way it is now. And the way it was then will be again. And I, I, I say to you, and I feel this very strong here tonight, the power is, or the, the, the truth is, you have a choice. It doesn't matter what everybody's doing. You can live for God. You can live a righteous life. He will make a way where there seems to be no way. It's called grace. He found grace to do it. God gave him grace to live it. Hey, listen, it doesn't matter if everybody in your world doesn't live for God. You get a hold of the grace of God, you can live for him. You can live a righteous life, a holy life, a pure, pure life for the Lord. Somebody shout amen. And God gave him grace. And through this, he told Noah, he said, I am going to send a flood. I'm going to flood the earth and I'm going to destroy all the sin on the earth. My judgment is coming. He said, I want, you to build a, I want you to build a boat. I want you to make it a gopher wood. There's no person that knows exactly what gopher wood is. What we do know, it was specific for its time. He didn't say build it out of wood. He said build it out of gopher wood. And he said when you build it, it's going to be about 600 feet long. And he talked about how tall it would be and how wide. My message tonight is not the details, the specifics of Noah's ark this evening. But it's going to be a massive. How many's been to the Ark Encounter down in Kentucky? You can see what is uh, maybe what it would look like somewhat, and uh, and they have to exaggerate. I think a little bit of study to get to where they are. But I've been there and I've seen it. But it was made of gopher wood. It it was specifics. God said it's to be this long, this tall, this wide, this many floors, one window. He said, I, I want you to build this boat. I want you to pitch it within, and I want you to pitch it without. What did that mean? It was like smearing tar all over it. I want you to seal every crack. I want you to seal it from within. I want you to seal it from without. And after it is built, I'll let you know when. Get the animals on board. And somewhere after the ark was built, God would speak to him. He didn't know the time. And he built a, a, a door. Everybody say, one door, one window. And that window's on the top of the, the ark. But the door he built... I don't find a measurement for the door, but the measurement of the door must have been assumed by the word that Noah received because he said, I want the animals, so many clean, so many unclean. He said, I'm going to bring them. and They're going to come and get on this because I'm going to destroy all flesh off of there, not just humanity, but all flesh. I believe that when God told Noah that there was going to be a gathering, he had to picture what the gathering looked like. I think the door had to be big enough to get giraffes on. So I would imagine the door was bigger than your house door. The door must be bigger than your house door because elephants were going to get on that boat. Not only would there be deer and cats and dogs and mice and chickens and whatever you want to name, but it had to be big enough for what God said was going to happen. I say to you that Noah heard from God, he was moved by God. There was fear to get it right because he wanted his family to be saved. 
So what did he do? He started building according to the word of the Lord. I want to say to you, if you are going to be saved, you cannot just do it the way you think it should be done. You can't just say, well, this is how we've done it. This is how the family said to do it. Oh, no. You've got to do it the way his word says to do it. You can build it to the dimensions of pine. You can build the dimensions. You can build it out of oak. You can build it out of whatever type of wood you want and say, but oak is my favorite. This is our family's favorite type of wood. We like the grain in it. It doesn't matter how you much you like the wood. If he says do it by gopher wood, you better do it by gopher wood. If it's gonna, if it's gonna make it through the judgment, you gotta do it according to the dimensions and the details of his word. Can I say it's not by your works of righteousness that saves you, it's by his grace. That's why we gotta have his word. His word says, and we obey it, and God gives us grace, amen, to be saved. Somebody shout praise the Lord. And so that's exactly what he did. He was warned by God, moved by fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, and he condemned the world. At some point in this, you've got to understand, how does God want me to be saved? What does God want me to do? In 1 Peter 3 and 20 tonight, it says, which sometime were disobedient, I want everybody to say, I could come out from the world. Amen. So this, this parallel of the message this evening is simply this. It says, verse 20 in the text, which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. Can you picture this with me? Why is it long suffering? How long did it take Noah to build that ark? Anybody know? Over a hundred years it took him to build that boat. That's longer than you've been alive. If you've been working on a boat your entire life, people would be making fun of you. They would. They'd say, Ethan, are you still building that boat? Isn't that right? If we were still building uh, a boat 10 years down the road and and uh, you know how many people would have come by and said to Noah and to Ham, Shem, and Japheth, his boys, what are y'all doing? What are you doing? It's going to rain. What's rain? Water's going to fall out of the sky. Never seen water fall out of the sky. Preacher, are you crazy? What do you mean judgment's coming? Rain's going to come out. Water's going to fall out of the sky and flood the earth all the way that no mountain peaks will be able to be seen. You can't get away from it. You can't get out of it. Judgment's coming. And God said to prepare this boat. And I imagine every now and then over 100 years, I imagine there were some people that pitched in and helped. Probably some of the boys' friends and gathered around and they might even cut a little bit of timber. I don't know. I, I can only imagine. But people probably got involved and uh, about this boat. But... But when it come down to it, they had never seen rain. But I'm going to tell you what else. They had never heard God's voice. God's word and his voice lasted in the eye, in the ear of the man that had grace. Can I say today, you, you, you need to hear God's word. I believe there's some things we can't unhear. You might walk away from it, but his word will bring you back to him. Amen. There's something about the word of the Lord. 
The Bible says in Romans 1 and 16, he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation. We just can't have good singing like we had tonight. We need his word among us. It's his word that brings us faith that'll save us. And so what you find is, is over 100 years they're building this and people coming by and say, is that your crazy daddy? Is that your crazy daddy? He's up there, he's building this boat and here it is. It's, it's a, uh, after 20 years, he's got one, one floor built. Another 20, he's got two. 60 years, he's got three. He's cutting this, trimming this, putting this and all of a sudden at the last of it, they're traveling about eight miles from my own study to find this bubbling out of the ground by two minutes material. They called it pitch. And these boys have to carry it. Donkeys pulling it. I don't know how they got it there. But they gathered and they began to, that massive boat, began to paint that boat, Brother John, with bituminous tar. And people stand around and judging and saying, you know what happened. They don't know. They make fun of me sometimes of what I preach. It's just the way it goes. But can I say to you, when the ark was built and the ark was ready, there was calluses on the hands of the workers. There was calluses on the hand of the builders. It came down to just really one man, his wife and three boys. And he said, he said, let the animals on. I personally believe that there was a call that went out. Two were in the field. One was taken, one was left. All of a sudden, out of the field, here they came. One began, heard, stayed, but there was a few that heard the call and came. Whew. From different parts of that area of the world, all of a sudden, it was like the draft lifted his head or pulled his head out of the, out of the tree and, and the female would pull her head out of the tree, begin to make their way to the ark. Why? Because there was a call when the ark was ready. Everybody say there was a call. Would you just do me a favor and lift your head? Do you know there's a call going out right now? We've seen people coming back to the Lord in the last three weeks. We're so glad about it. They wandered like sheep away from the shepherd. Scattered around different places, but all of a sudden they hear the call of the shepherd and they lift their head and turn their ear toward and all of a sudden the sheep that went astray begins to make its way toward the shepherd. Can I say from right here at the anchor, there has been a call from the great shepherd that is going forth in this end time because as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be. Can I tell you right now, if you're watching online or here this evening, you can heed to that call. You can come home to that call. There's a room for you, amen, when he sends the call and you respond to his word. I'd hear it tonight. 
Come home. I hear it this evening. Come home. I hear it this evening. There's a room on the boat. There's a room for you in the church. There's room for you in the house of God. I just want to take a moment. Is there anybody here right now? You could say, I'm glad he made room for me. That the door is not shut. The door is wide open for me to come home. Come home, children. Come home, saint of God. Come home, come home, come home. I want to hear him call my name. No man cometh to God except the spirit draws him. Do you realize how valuable you are to be in the building tonight because you were called. You were called and you responded. Come on. Many are called. Few are chosen. But you chose to come here tonight. You chose to be in the house of God. He's called you. Amen. Somebody shout, there is a call. And the Bible says when, when this happened and it says that the oracles are preparing all of a sudden here here came the giraffes and the donkeys and sheep and here came the horses and the cattle and on and on you can go. You can, you can see them twos and sevens making their way. You can hear their hooves coming across the plank door that Noah had built imagining. And I imagine he stood back. Daddy, look at this. All my years, Dad, I've never seen anything like this. It's almost single foul line coming from the different places making their way to the ark. And the boy's watching. All of a sudden, the line stops. Last little critter, whatever it was, you just use your imagination, you might be right. And he says, he says Noah! 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 Get your family on the boat. Go tell Ham, Sham, and Japheth with their wives. Get your wife Tell him to get on. And the old, the old dad went and stood there. The old, old man, what was he, 500 years old? No, it was 500 years old. Any, anybody 500 years old here tonight? I heard somebody out there say, I feel like I'm 500 years old. And uh, Noah, Noah, Noah said, honey, go ahead and get on the boat. Now, 100 years of building now. 100 years of talking about this now. Now's the time, honey, baby. Go ahead and get on. The boys, the boys aren't, aren't 13 or 14. They're, they're a lot older than that, and you can find it. I don't recall it, but hey, boys, get on the boat. I, I do believe that no man knows the day nor the hour, but I think in our generation there's this expectation of the imminent return of Christ that we feel there's something going on. I think there's no way that you can't look around and say something's not going on. And uh, I feel for every dad in the building, every parent in the building, that something's got to get in you and say, you need to look at your wife and your kids and say, I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm not, I'm not doing the ways of the world. We're too close to the judgment of God. And uh, you know what they did? And and, and all of a sudden, he, he watches his boys walk on that boat they've been working on for years and watches the three wives go follow his three boys. Honey, get on there. And the Bible says when he got in, God 
shut the door. Man didn't shut it. God shut it. Do you remember this? No man can stop you from being saved and say, time is over. I'm going to tell you, but when God shuts the door of grace, it doesn't matter how much you pray, how much you go to church, when that door is shut, it's over. And let me just parallel to this. There's going to be a day that Gabriel, I heard a bluegrass song the other day, and it said, Gabriel is standing ready, his trumpet's to his mouth. And what he was saying was, I believe he's ready to sound that trumpet. And I'm telling you, when the trumpet sounds, it's over. The door is shut. Amen. I believe that. The door will be shut. You, don't, you can go to church. My dad told a man at work one time, he said, when the rapture takes place and the Lord calls me home, he said, you can have my house. You can have my truck. You can have, you, you can have my tools. And that man said, really, you give up? He said, I won't need it anymore. Could I say to everybody in this room, you won't need all the stuff that you need now on that day. When God shuts the door, we're out of here. Amen. I don't know when it's coming, but I know it's coming soon. It may be in the evening, morning, night, or noon, but I've made my mind up. I'm going to make it. I've made my mind up. I'm going to be saved. Some, come on, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, I want to be ready. I want to be ready. Everybody say, the door shut. Look at your neighbor say, the door is wide open tonight. I said, the door is wide open. I hear that. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. I hear, I hear him say, come. I hear him in the, in the book of Revelation. And he says, the spirit and the bride say come. Let him that heareth say come. Whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Jesus paid it all. He's made a way for you to be saved. He's made a way for you to escape. He died for the sinner and the saint alike. He died for those raised in church. He died for those never stepped foot in a church. If your breath is in your body, can I tell you, he died for you. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you've done. He died for everybody. He died for everybody. I come to preach to you on a Wednesday night. He loves every single person in this building. He loves every single person in your community. He died so you could be saved. His spirit is saying, come, come unto me. But Revelation says not only does the spirit say come, the Bible says, and the bride say come. The church has got to want to see the house filled with people saved. The church has got to want to see backsliders, backsliders saved. Come on, the church has got to want to see sinners saved. Is there anybody in the building that's a bride? You'll say, come on home. The door is wide open. Come on home. Somebody shout hallelujah. I preach to you on this Wednesday night. You have a choice. Felt it to preach tonight and you can be seated on Noah's Ark and look what it says I won't be much longer but it says which sometime were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah they had the opportunity but didn't obey and all of a sudden the Bible says God waited everybody say God waited hold 
on a minute. Gabriel, not yet. I believe we are living in the long suffering of God. There are signs that have happened in the book of Revelation that I personally feel have all been fulfilled. Before 1980, we couldn't say that. Because he said in that day, the, the army from the east would boast of having an army of 200,000,000. That's 200 million. Not till 1980 did Mao Zedong get up and boast of the exact number in his army that was in the book of Revelation. The, 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 the dam was not built for the Euphrates River to dry up so they could cross over and attack Israel. Not before this period of time. You say, what are you saying, Brother Bounds? This is what I say. We are living now in the long suffering of God. There's this verse that says, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Amen. There's a verse that says before, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, some men count slackness, but is long suffering. Everybody say long suffering. To usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all. You know what that means? He's waiting on you. I believe right now the trumpet could sound any day. I believe it. We've got forward motion. God's house offering this weekend. Plan to purchase property and you, you, you know all about it. But he could come whenever he wants to. And I believe at any moment, sound the trumpet. Enough is enough. I believe it. But where are we living in? We're not just living in the grace dispensation. I believe we are living in the last of the last days. I believe somewhere there's this waiting. Hold on. Not yet. Ooh. I hear him saying, Noah, go get your family. Come on. The angel showed up to Lot. This is another story. I just throw this in here. The angel showed up to Lot and said, we cannot destroy the city until you're out of here. But while we are waiting, go to your son-in-laws and your family and your daughter-in-laws. That's what the Bible says. Go compel them to come. Go get them. Bring them here so we can get out of this place. I believe that's the typology of the rapture. That judgment can't come until we're out. That's why I'm pre-tribulation. Man, I believe pre-tribulation. I don't believe the wrath of God can come until the church is gone. Do y'all hear me? Amen. Lot, go get your family. We'll wait. The angels that came, the angels of wrath, they first came to lead them out. They said, we cannot bring the wrath. We cannot bring the fire until you're gone. I believe that. But I believe there was a space like this that said, go get your family. Go invite somebody. Go connect with somebody. Pray. I believe we're in that space. I do believe the angels are ready. Come on, let it stir us tonight. We come through 40 some days of prayer. Amen. 21 days of prayer in a row here in the building. We've been fasting and praying since January. You know why? Because we want the call to go out. We want our family to be saved. We heard the prophet say the fire doesn't fall in an altar that's empty. Amen. We began to put time and fasting on that because we want. And I'm so glad that we've had backsliders nearly every service coming back to the Lord. And the Lord has welcomed them home. And we welcome you home. We're so glad you're here. Somebody shout Hallelujah. Everybody say a space of grace. And I believe we're in the long suffering of God right now that God is saying, and Noah, Noah, get, get him on. 
Come on, and they were disobedient. I, I, I personally believe people were looking around and said, I'm not getting on that boat. All of a sudden, without a pulley, without hydraulics, without a rope, when the door shuts, winds blow. What is that? I don't know. That's a rumbling. I believe the earth began to tremble. And all of a sudden, over the top of the hill, where they were at, here came dark clouds like they had never seen before. Earth began to tremble. And like old faithful geysers began to shoot up out of the earth. Water came like they had never seen, and judgment began to come. And when it happened, I've often wondered, was there anybody pounding on the door? People holding their children. People coming from different places, running to the tops of the mountains. And all of a sudden, 40 days and 40 nights of unending wrath of rain. Sure is quiet here tonight. But we forget about it. Because we preach so much about the love of God and the mercy of God. We forget about verses like this. How shall you escape if ye neglect so great a salvation? Can I say, he chose for you to be saved. But you've got to choose to be saved. Amen, that's exactly right. And watch what he says. And I, 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 I preach to you with the burden this evening under the unction of the Holy Ghost to tell you that the door was shut, symbolizing the church and their repentance. The rain came, and when it did, it grabbed that boat and it lifted that boat up just like that. That boat's up on top of the world, floating around for over a year up there. After a year, there's not going to be one evidence of one bit of flesh. A year washed by the, by, washed and cleansed. Not one evidence of a human remain after a year. Everybody that was disobedient. Gone judgment. Now, you know, Brother Bams, I'm not so sure if I could just grasp that. I, I asked my geology teacher in, in school one time. He was an atheist and I was a preacher. That worked out real well. <laughs> I said, you know, I've studied this Bible my whole life. I said, do you see any evidence of the flood? He said, I sure do. He said, there's a layer that goes through the whole planet at the same level. That is proof that there was a catastrophic flood that hit the whole earth at one point. I believe it happened. But can I say to you, before judgment ever comes, mercy walks in the door. Truth. Come on. And mercy have what? Everybody say met together. And that's why before those deep holes that have bubbling brooks, we call them hot springs today, before water shot out of them and flooded the earth, bituminous material came first. I call it grace. It was what was going to cause that boat to float. Put it all over it. Because mercy always comes before judgment. And what was going to cause the boat to remain was going to be followed by the judgment of God that was going to come. 
And I come to you. That's why there is church in these towns and we're putting church in all of these communities because we believe everybody needs a place to repent. Everybody needs a place to hear the gospel. Everybody needs an opportunity to turn. Everybody needs an opportunity to get in. Come on, am I preaching to anybody right now? Come on, it's not just for Zanesville. It's, it's for all these surrounding communities. We want everybody. Hey Amen, a couple more minutes. Can I have just a couple more minutes? Can I preach what I feel? The Bible says that, that the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah and that the ark was a preparing, a preparing. Everybody said preparing. I believe that ark, hey amen, was preparing. The Bible says eight. Few there is eight souls. Everybody say souls. Look at your neighbor and say, it does not say eight people. How many would have said that Noah, his wife, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, their three wives, that's eight? How many would have said they were saved by the ark? Would you raise your hand? You're afraid because it's a loaded question. I'm teaching you tonight. If it would have said eight people, it would have said eight people were saved by the ark. It doesn't say eight people. It says eight souls. Talking about the soul of a man. You're talking about not drowning. You're talking about the boat. You're talking about coming out of sin. You're talking about the soul. The Bible says the soul that sinneth shall surely die. When you begin to look at this, how, what is he saying? As I, as, uh, as I read, it says, it says, while the ark wasn't preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. What does it mean? Look at verse 21. It says, the light figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. What's it comparing? It's, it, and it's saying like this. Like the ark, the days of Noah, where eight souls were saved by water, so is baptism saving us. The light figure, symbolic to, or just like, what is it saying? How does baptism compare to the waters of Noah's day? Are you ready? Because it was the water that God sent that destroyed the sin. It washed away the sin. And it lifted who? Them up out of sin. Are you ready? Come on, everybody say, it destroyed the sin. You might as well get hand motions with me. It destroyed the sin. It washed away the sin. Are you ready? Lifted them up out of sin. Woo! Praise God. And I've heard people say baptism doesn't matter. It's just a sign of an inward change. I believe there's a getting in the boat is a type of repentance. But when the water comes, amen. Scripture says in Romans 6 and 3 and 4, it talks about we are buried with him by baptism. That like as Christ was raised by the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we arise to walk in newness of life. When you walked in this door, you made a choice to come. When you came to the altar and repented, you were saying, I don't want in this world anymore. I don't want to walk like them, act like them, talk like them, live like them. Come on, I'm coming out of sin. I don't want to be a sinner. Come on, let's stand our feet tonight. I'm coming out of sin. I'm going to do something for God. And guess what we did? When you repented, we looked at you and said, Simon Peter said to them on the day of Pentecost, repent, Acts 2.38, and be baptized. Who? Every one of you. Not some of you, but every one of you. How? 
in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You know what remission means? Not just forgiveness. You know what I've learned about some Bible versions? Instead of revised version, it's reverse vision. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of sins. That is not the word. The word is remission. The same word in Matthew 26, I believe it's 26 and 28, when it says, this is my blood in the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. The same word in Hebrews 9 and 22, that says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Please understand, Jesus didn't give his blood just to forgive you. He gave his blood to remit your sins. That means to wash it away, to be treated as if it never happened. Come on, put off the old man. Put on a new man. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new. Somebody shout, born again. Of the water and of the spirit. Woo, feel like preaching. Born again. Hallelujah. And watch this. Watch what it says. And it says, even baptism doth also now save us. Jesus said, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Acts chapter 10, verse 48. It said, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we. Ready? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Baptism was an option on the New Testament. It was a commandment because as the water was to Noah, so is baptism to us. It washes away your sins. It lifts you up out of sin. Somebody say amen. Woo! I feel like praising, praising him. It doesn't matter how you come in the boat. When the water comes, the boat's taking you to a new destination. Look at your neighbor and say, all things are gonna be made new. Do you believe it? Everybody got that boat up here? Come on, get your boat in the air. Come on, wave your boat, wave your hand. Say, I'm glad I got in the boat. But you're not staying on the boat forever. Because the waters are going to start dissipating, abating. It's not going to be long. God tells Moses, send a dove off the boat. Oh, I feel revelation coming in here. Send the dove. Would you get your dove in your hand? A dove never lands on anything dirty. It only lands on something that's been cleansed. Come on now. And they take that dove. He opens a window Blue skies now. Dark clouds are gone. Water's everywhere. He hadn't seen a tree. He hadn't seen dirt in over a year. And he lets the dove go. It returns and when it comes back, he's looking for it. That's what happens when you get baptized. You start looking for the dove. Because the dove is a sign of a new beginning. And all of a sudden he looks and has got an olive branch in his mouth. It's returning to him. And it lands in his hand. And the first sign, there's a tree that's budding. 
that there's dry land, a new land, a cleansed land, a new start, a new beginning, is a dove with a broken piece of an olive branch. He didn't bring a cedar tree. He didn't bring an apple limb. Jesus said it this way when he was baptized. He later said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he hath anointed me. The anointing of the Lord is upon me for he has, his spirit is upon me. How many know when he came out of the water of baptism? Oh, my lands. I promise I didn't drink too much coffee before I got up here and preached. Are y'all with me right now? Oh, glory. And when Jesus was baptized as our in-sample, our example, when he come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord descended upon him like a dove. It came upon him. The same way when they come out of the watery grave of baptism in the New Testament, the Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Ghost, would come upon them and fill them with, their, with His Spirit. And when they were filled, it was new beginning. It was new land. No more sin. No more dirt. No more filth. No more ungodliness. Come on, elbow your neighbor and say He makes it all brand new. Come on, tell somebody He's going to make all things new. So Noah's ark, the ark was a type of repentance. The water was baptism. The sign of a new beginning was what? The dove returning with an olive branch. Things are about to change in my world. When God gives you the Holy Ghost, it's not just talking in tongues. It's the olive branch of peace. It's the olive branch of new life. It's the olive branch I don't have to live the way I used to live. All things are made new. Today, today I'm going to open the altar. We're going to pray. I feel like shouting more than praying. Y'all feel like shouting with me? Woo! My goodness, it's Wednesday night, but we don't care. The word is here. He'll make all things new. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, all things new. He'll make all things new. New. Can I get a witness from somebody? I'm not what I used to be. Oh, I'm not what I used to be. Brother Mark Melik, I don't know if I've told you yet. I had a wonderful couple in my office today. Sister Glenna Mollahan. Amen. Brother Stanley came in. I wish every meeting was like them. Because when they came in and sat down, I said, what are we talking about today? And Brother Stanley, Callahan said, I want the Holy Ghost. Today. And guess what? Started to open the word of the Lord to them. And the Holy Ghost fell in my office. They both lifted their hands and the Holy Ghost fell on them. Brother Stanley received the Holy Ghost right there in my office today. Because all things, all things, come on. I've come to tell you, you can get the Holy Ghost tonight. And I'm going to also tell you, you can get it again tonight. He'll renew your mind. The renewing of his spirit. The renewing of the Holy Ghost. Somebody shout glory. Amen, amen. So I, what do I do now? Get all worked up in the word. I'm telling you, it's the best life. He gave me the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. He gave me the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. I said he gave me the Holy Ghost. That's what he's done for me. That's what he's done for me. He washed all my sins away. 
That's what he's done for me. I said he washed all my sins away. That's what he's done for me. Oh, I wish somebody would get out in the aisle and say, he washed all my sins away. That's what he's done for me. That's what he's done for me. Oh, he gave me the Holy Ghost. Is there anybody glad that he saved you? Is there anybody glad that he washed you clean? Somebody shout glory. Somebody shout glory. Hallelujah. I want, I want brother and sister Mollahan are going to be baptized tonight. Amen. Praise God. I'm not sure who's baptizing them, but brother Melik, praise God. If you want to, brother and sister, call a hand, would y'all come? Am I saying that right in my mind? I said call a hand, it's Mollahan, and I knew that. Y'all try to get up here and have a bunch of names to say all the time. Last night I had to say about 100 names at at an event. Praise God. They're going back to be baptized. I think we ought to thank God for it. Come on, let's praise the name of the Lord. Let's praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's magnify him. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Hallelujah. I I hear this for somebody. I hear this. We're going to pray. We're going to come up here and pray. We're going to rejoice in these baptisms tonight. And then we're going to go home. And uh, we're glad we have good church, but it's not ever too long. Amen. You better amen and make me feel better. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know we don't have long church, but... Hey, listen, listen, praise the name of the Lord. The Bible says, and a highway shall be there. Everybody shout, the new land. Highway shall be there. And a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and signs shall flee away. When you come to this new land, we call the born again experience. Could I tell you? Hallelujah. The lion can't come there. Amen. The, the, the stranger can't come there. It's a way of holiness that's joy unspeakable and full of glory. How I many know it's better than any drug, better than any antidote, better than anything you can get anywhere else? Hallelujah. If you are here in the building and you say, I'd like a renewing tonight, would you come? Come on, all over the building. You say, I'm here. I'd like a renewing of the Holy Ghost. I want you to make your way to the altar. Amen. Don't everybody move at one time. You say, I'd like a renewing. Look at your neighbor. Say, let's go get a renewing of the Holy Ghost. I promise you, you're going to get it when you come up here. Come on, ask your neighbor. Say, let's go get a renewing of the Holy Ghost tonight. What a tremendous crowd, a group of people in this evening. Amen. God's going to renew you with his spirit. Hallelujah. God is going to give you a renewing of his spirit. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I want you to tell the Lord, I believe. And I know you died for me. God, I'm asking you to forgive me of anything I've done in my life. Anything, any vows that I've broken. 
any mistakes that I've made, any thoughts that I've had, I'm asking you to forgive me. I want to get on the boat and stay. I don't want to be lost. Hallelujah. Oh God, I want your spirit to come and land upon my, me. I want your spirit to breathe upon me. Hallelujah. Begin to lift your hands. The Holy Ghost is moving upon this church right now. Come on, all over this building. Come on, the Spirit of the Lord is here right now. God's presence is moving upon you. If you're watching from home or praying from home right now, lift your hands and let God's Spirit come into your room. Come on, the peace that passes all understanding. Hallelujah. 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 We thank you for your word. We thank you for your power. We thank you for every single thing that you do for us today, oh God. Oh, glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you for filling us with your spirit. Come on, thank you for washing your sins away. I thank you that you've given me a new mind, a new heart. Lord, prepared God to do great things. In the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, that's it. I want you to pray in the Holy Ghost right now. Pray in the Spirit. Lord, we pray for a renewing. We pray for a renewing of the mind. A renewing of the heart. A renewing, oh God. Lord, we don't want to ever take for granted, Lord, this new way. This kingdom of God. Amen. We thank you. There's going to be singing and gladness. There's going to be joy and gladness. Hallelujah. Come on, there's a renewing of the mind, a renewing of his spirit upon you even now. In Jesus' name. Won't you lay hands on your neighbor right beside you begin to pray that God would touch them. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.